Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Halfway of Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Peter, and you're by Tom. How you doing, Tom? Yeah, very good, thank you. Excellent. There's no good in this week, he's got stuff on and he's moving places, so we're just going to out this week, he's very busy, so we'll get him hopefully back on next week. So, stuck on, to where we'll start, Tom, is the Scottish fantasy game. The average this week was 43, and we all posted quite high above that. I had 72, took me up to 51st, so a green arrow. You had 73, took you up to 21st, so another green arrow. And good on the 78, up to 6th place, so another green arrow. So before we get into our own points, I'll quickly go through the league that we're in. Right, here we go. The top three, not much change. Still still first, Wolf Tone, Tony McClellan, 82 points. Actually one of the high scheme meet scores as well, and in first place, so he's flying there. Second, Conquering Lions, Robbie Dempsey, 74 points, 9 to 6. And up to third is Geeks or Geeks, Silly Geese, 74 points, 917. And if you go down to 34th in the league, the nice team name, Ayer Bastard, I like, <laughs> I like that name. Uh, Travis Duncan, 88 points, was the high score of the week. Let's quickly look for his team first, the head. So he had Lewis and Goals, two points. Tavernier captain, 26. McGinn, 10. Golston, 10. Barisic, 12. And Laxalt, 6. That's a Damn strong backline, isn't it? The point returns yeah. there. Gallica for nothing. O'Hara for seven points. Ayeti for one. Nisbet nine. And Edward five. So that's a 10-man team there because obviously no points for Ferguson because he wasn't playing. Got me eight points back. That's a damn good score. So, Tom, talk us through your team and any missed opportunities you had this week. Uh, so in goals, I had Lewis as well. Captain Tav for 26 points. Barisic got me seven. Serrano was subbed on. Um, he got me one point. Ayer, no points for him. Goldson, 10. In mid- midfield, I had Alan Forrest, two points. Craig Conway got me two points. Kabamba got me six. Nisbet, 13. He was my vice. And Cosgrove got me four. Okay. Um, I didn't take it this week. I was quite happy with um, just getting in Cosgrove in place of Shankland. Right, good move actually, because obviously Shank the blank blank the game came off the bench. Right, my team was McGregor and goal, seven points. Hoban was my free transfer. Didn't really work out for double game week. He only got two points for the second game. Barisic seven. Guffrey gets subbed on for two because Doyle didn't start any two games. Captain Tavernier for twenty six. 
Uh, Conway for two as well, yourself. I didn't realise, obviously, you'd say he broke his snib in the first game, so he couldn't play the second game. Forrest was subbed on for me from, for Ferguson. And I'd actually left Callaghan on the bench and played Kilty. Because Kilty didn't play either, Callaghan came on for six points. So I, quite an extra to expect for Callaghan. And up front, Nesbitt vice-captain 13, Cosgrove 4. I took a hit for Cosgrove, so I just basically covered my own my hit, basically, and shanked for one. Am I right in thinking that Nisbet would have had to have scored to make it, make it more worthwhile than Barisic McGregor kind of thing? Because obviously that would have been, that'd been 14 points for them. And the vice-captain name instead? It's only the clean sheet, so it would be an extra... You get five points for the clean sheet, so it only doubles the clean sheet points if you captain the defender. So it'd have been ten. So I actually won a point out of it then. One yeah. point up. Like, okay, well that sounds like a small victory. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, so topic this week, Tom. We're talking, discussing this between me and you about rotation. Now, rotation's a big thing in the FPL game, also because it's a twenty-game league, a twenty, sorry, a twenty-team league, and you can get yourself certain times where you can get some cheap defenders. It's, it normally defenders rotation deals with it rolling. It's like you can maybe a couple of four four point fives, and if they tie up together, you can get maybe on the home games or away games. You can interact them in and out. And you're going to talk about how this works in the Scottish game. So just to play devil's advocate to your points here, I don't think it's going to work in the Scottish game. And I'll tell you my reasons why. You're you're, you're agreeing with me actually before you get in it. <laughs> uh, Rangers and Celtic normally wouldn't be subject to irritation because it's better in most games. Aberdeen are the third best team. They're quite consistent. So again, I wouldn't say they're prone to irritation really. And apart from that, I think it's just the, the total batshit craziness of the Scottish game where results come out anywhere. I don't think there's any, any point of trying to game plan on rotation. But can you convince me otherwise? Well, we've got a couple of options here. You're right, what you're saying is this sort of discussion kind of stemmed because we're all of us in, on the pod are FPL players. You're right about the, 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 the sort of the defensive aspect. You, you've only got so much of, of a budget, so you kind of have to look at cheaper options. The cheaper options are not always that good, so you kind of have to focus on the fixtures and come up with a, a plan where you rotate certain cheap options in order to maximise the chances of returns based on easy fixtures. We've been looking at this, the Scottish fixtures and there's not, there's not a lot of teams that are going to experience a, a really great run over the, the, the next wee while. Um, so we're, we've tried to cobble together <laughs> um, some examples of teams that could, could rotate quite well. Um, so the first example I've got is St. Johnston and Kelly. And I'll just talk you through the run. Uh, which would be Hamilton, Livingston, St. Mirren, Dundee United, Livingston, Hamilton, Ross County, and Hamilton. And the big thing that jumps out there is Hamilton features three times in that run. So we like to focus on Hamilton because they're, they're big conceders. Um, who, you, who are you going to rotate? Well, you don't necessarily have to rotate players which play in the same position because the, in fantasy, you're allowed to change your formation. So a suggestion that I came up with was maybe the likes of if you own Burke or Kill in midfield, you could maybe switch between having two strikers up front and including May or bench them in the more, the more difficult fixtures. Um, in terms of another option you could look at is Dundee, United and Hibs, maybe looking at rotating defenders. 
again, we've kind of had to cobble this together. Hibs haven't been too great defensively re recently, um, but the, the run would be Livingston, Hamilton, Dundee United, St Mirren, Motherwell, Ross County and Livingston. So again, not too bad a run either. Motherwell's probably going to be the trickiest one out of that lot. But again, they're, they're facing teams like Livingston, Hamilton, Ross County, uh, who have a habit of conceding. So take from that what you will. Okay. Uh, what I take from that is that <laughs> you can maybe try start rotation, but I don't think it's going to be all going to work the way you, you plan. I mean, Hibs, for example, it's in Johnston at home, and you went, okay, well, maybe go for Hibs, and then they lost two goals, a true each draw. And if you remember rotation for Aberdeen away from home at Hamilton, who's possibly the worst team, and Aberdeen went draw one each. It's just, I'm, with the Scottish game, I'm more inclined to well, kind of agree. Three Rangers, three Celtic, maybe when they get back to normal. Three Aberdeen, if you can, there's nine, and then trying to get your differentials in, possibly, I suppose, and who's playing well, who's streaky, who's in form. But this game's still relatively new, and in its infancy, I suppose. So it's more than just matter of seeing how you fall out for season to season. And if, if teams like Aberdeen and Hibs can continually finish third and fourth and put a run together. Mm -hmm. I, would say, I would say Aberdeen, pretty weak inside. Only drawn with Hamilton. We've kind of mm -hmm. got to give them their, their due there. Still annoying, but a double game week. <laughs> <laughs> when you hang you for them. Right, do you want to go to your... Pictures and results. Yep. Right, okay. This week, the top four play each other, so it was quite an interesting week. Well, obviously, Rangers played Aberdeen, Hibs played Celtic. So, the first place to go would be Ibrox. Rangers four, Aberdeen nil. Before we get it, Kent, Ruth, Arfield and Tav all scored. Arfield, Goldstone and Kent assist. And as standard now, Rangers clean sheet. So, on you go, Tom, talk us through it. Yeah, so Rangers faced um, a weekend Aberdeen squad. They were without Ferguson, McCrory and McLennan. Uh, there was a COVID outbreak within the, the Scotland under-21s camp over the international break. Um, and as a result of that, these players are, are having to, to isolate just now. Um, it was a good result for Rangers. Last, last week, Aribo seemed to be the standout midfielder. This week, it was Kent's turn getting the goal and the assist. Arfield's been fairly consistent, though. He also got a, a goal and assist there. Um, think, thinking um, ahead, we've obviously been talking about who your, your third Rangers slot's going to consist of. And heads are starting to turn a little bit. Maybe thinking about going for two defenders and one attacker, probably a midfielder in that case. But... I still, I still want to see more consistent returns from, from individuals. So the likes of Aribo need to be sort of hauling every week before I, I, I would consider doing that. Um, one thing that I'm considering as well, the, the go-to sort of captain and vice-captain, the vice-captain's been Barisic. I'm just wondering now whether Goldson's maybe going to be the more, more nailed-on option um, and whether he's got... Um, where he's what? got less chance of being rotated. Why do you say that? Is it because of the, is it Bassey the backup? For Bassey, Bassey the backup, yeah. I'm thinking, well, who's, who's really the, the backup for, for, for Goldson? The only thing would be there is that Barisic had a wee, and, and maybe a niggle injury and then international duty, but that's all stopped out in March. So I think if they're going to push for this title, what they're doing, I think Barisic will be nailed on pretty much. And then again, 
I could say that, and then the Rangers could play a game at home against Hamilton, and that's when he might rotate a wee bit, but that's just the risks in the game, I suppose. Huh? But Gols is definitely yeah. nailed, you're right, he's 100% nailed. He's his go-to centre-back, he'll be playing it every week. My thoughts in the game, you've pretty much covered it. Rangers, Aberdeen were kind of unlucky with obviously the Covid break before the game, but Rangers just bossed the game completely. They were actually unlucky not to get another penalty. Did you see the penalty was on the rebound in the box? That was... <laughs> it, it was... I was... Was that this? No, it was the, the Ojo foul on roof. Yep. That was it, yeah. Yeah, Tav really should have got another another uh, penalty now, for that one. I like to have a dig at goal Rangers penalties as a Celtic fan, you know, but then you watch him and go, Jesus, that should have been a penalty. That's the one he should I have honest with it, but just the referee missed it. But I, I think it says a lot for um, Rangers defence, particularly Tav, when people are still persistently captain, despite other teams like Aberdeen and Hibs having a double game week, yet the go-to is, is Tav. <laughs> well, you mean, we got, we'll get to the fixtures, obviously, but it, worked, it turns out that that was the right call, no matter what, because, mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose we were hoping, as a, for a fantasy point of view, that Aberdeen would do something to Rangers, and then you maybe get on something like a Cosgrove, and then he would go nuts at Hamlin, but it didn't work out that way, so the Tav was the right, the right captain to be, as a hashtag is always Captain Tav. <laughs> right, so... As I said last week, we try to put a wee question on these games if there's anything I think comes up. So, here's a question for you. Do you think Rangers will drop any points before the next Celtic game? I had a quick look at the fixtures and I don't think they'll drop any points. I think they're going to win every game, steam right through to the New Year game. I'd probably agree with that. I just I'm, I'm, I'm banker on not conceding any goals between that time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I pull up. I can't see them. It would need to get really off day. And I was thinking before about maybe Europe, but now they're kind of what, one point away from qualification for the next round now. Mm-hmm. So even if they do that at the home game of Standard Liège, they'll be able to rest players or rotate slightly in that last game, and that gives them fresh legs for the game. I just, I, until the form drops, like you see yourself, there's no reason not to back them. No reason not to back that defence. Uh, like you obviously, you've also got Golson, and I've got uh, McGregor. I'll need, him, I'll need him out there at some point because they're going to rotate him. He's basically said that he said he's going to rotate him because he's got a mm-hmm. Scottish keeper as well. So I'm going to have to play it. I don't know if it's worth taking a hit one week and just getting a keeper out and getting goals to in. But I'm going to have to do that at some point, obviously, to keep the three of your defenders. Right, on the next game, this was second versus fourth. Hibs 2, Celtic 2, as the pressure amounts more on Neil Lennon. Murphy and Nisbet goal, and a Murphy assist, and Edward and Laxat with a goal each. So talk us through his Tom. Yeah, so Murphy was the standout player in this game. He got the goal um, when Nisbet missed the penalty, scored the rebound, um, and then he assisted the Nisbet's goal, which was a cracker. It was from a really tight angle um, and did really well to, to score it. Um, Jimmy Murphy, he, he plays out on the wing, but in the, the, the Fantasy Football Scotland game, he's actually classed as a as a striker. Um, I'm, try, I'm trying to think in... in in my squad, who you would get rid of for, for, for Jamie Murphy, but he, he, this is the kind of first game where he's really stood out, so he's probably one for the watch list just now, rather than diving in with both feet. Um, Doig was out for this game, he'd rolled his ankle, um, and Doig, no, don't be confused, um, he was benched, um, and Sean Mackey came in to take his place, and Hibbs played a, a 4-5-1 with, with Nisbet as the lone striker. Um, from the, the Selic perspective, Edward came on for a Yeti. A Yeti 
failed to provide any shots whatsoever. Um, Edward got three, um, all of which were on target, and uh, managed to get Celtic back into the game. Laxalt also had three shots as well. He had two on, two off. He also missed a big chance, so he could have had two goals, um, but he managed to, to, to score the, 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 the equaliser in the dying minutes. Um, in terms of the, the, the big hitters for Celtic, Christie was a standout, as was Elinusi. Christie had seven shots, five of them on target, two of them blocked, and also made three key passes, but failed to return. Um, and Elinusi, six shots, two of which were off target and four were blocked. So the underlying stats are there for those guys, despite them not giving us any returns. So one to keep an eye on. I think we'll be using this weekend's fixture against Ross County as a, a sort of addition for that for those guys. And hopefully they certainly can turn another corner. <laughs> if you turn me the corners are back where they started again. Exactly. <laughs> the, I don't want to go on about to Bottery because I'm a Celtic fan. We're both on the way go on about it and go down this kind of tangent, but see me said about like, earlier on about uh, Jetty not getting a shot on goal. Do you know what really frustrates me watching it? He's a penalty box striker. And whenever Christie has a shot at goal or a chance of shot at goal, he shoots. So, sorry, he's not getting any service. I mean, he's he's not he's not like an Edward, doesn't play the, is it the false nine, comes back. Mm-hmm. He's a different kind of striker. He's, he was probably brought in to play two up front. That's basically why he was bought. And he's getting no service at all. And people are a lot of dialogue, you know, this guy's rubbish. Now. So I'm going, this guy's not getting the service. He's not playing the right formation. He's not, he's he's running about, he's making moves, but they're not getting the ball to him. And Chris is hitting pot shots because he obviously instructed to hit pot shots from the manager. And it's just, it's just a total disconnect in that formation that just isn't going to work unless it go to the two up front. Yeah. And that's it. I'm not t- too much about that. <laughs> Uh, Hibs, I mean Murphy. What's Mur- do you know what? I know. Do you know Murphy's price off the top of your head? Four point eight million. It's quite pricey, I suppose. Then, because I was thinking if Kilty's not nailed on as much, that would, that could be your move. Have you got Kilty on your team as well? Kilty's a mid though. He's a striker. Oh, sorry, I used to say he's in this position. Right, just that last thirty seconds. Disregard them. That was just total nonsense. Talk. Right, next game in Kilmarnock three. That's a nice segue, by the way. Kilty, <laughs> Ross County one. So we've got a finally red card straight away. And then we had Brophy, Kabamba, and Buck with goals. Pinnock, Chishpole, assists. And Grisfotti, goal, and Kelly assists for Ross County. So take it away, Tom. Yeah, so it was, as you said, Stuart Finlay sent off really early on. Um, it was then Brophy scored the, the first goal, but he was sacrificed at half time given the, the sending off. Um, he, he's actually looked quite good. Um, he was Killy's um, top scorer last season with nine goals and two assists. Um, but this was his first first start since uh, game week seven, so um, not, not a great outcome from him due to the, the, the red card, which subsequently uh, Kilmanic have appealed, and uh, they the failed on that appeal, by the way, so anyone uh, that's a Stuart Finlay owner, take note. Uh, Kabamba uh, scored the penalty, which was won by Pinnock, uh, who also got the assist for Brophy's goal. And uh, Burke came on as a sub to score, to score the third. Ross County managed to salvage a goal from Gravosti, and Stephen Kelly was the, the assister in that. Um, Ross Stewart missed another big chance. If you remember last week's uh, Tom Time quiz, he was uh, one of the questions was, who's missed the most big chances this season? 
Well, Ross Stewart missed another one. That's another one to add to his tally. Um, and one thing another note noted was Josh Reed almost scored as well. Uh, so he was a popular choice at the start of the season, but I'd be surprised if there's many folk out there still playing the game that own any Ross County defenders. Uh, maybe just some zombie teams have just left them in. Um, I quite fancy um, Kabamba and, and Burke. They've got Hamilton next week, so I quite fancy them to do, to do a bit of damage there. Okay. Do you think it was a red card? Finally red card? Um, I mean, he won the ball, didn't he? So, but he took him out at the same time. I thought it was thought, I thought it was extremely harsh. I did think it was extremely harsh. I mean, I, I get what was the what was the rule? It was meant to be the last defender, and he thinks he fouled him. But mm -hmm. I don't know. I thought it was a bit rash. Not rash. Not rash. I thought it was extremely harsh for the referee, but I suppose it's done now. Here's a wee question, then, Tom. What has happened to Kilty? He was a FFS darling for weeks. Every other one on his team made good scoring returns. Well, your fifth choice made you go off the bench. He'd, he'd make, every so often a clean sheet point. He'd be scoring goals and assists. And what's happened to him? Do you know the reason? Kilmarnock changed their formation? I think Kilmarnock as a whole have just kind of lost a bit of form. There's been a couple of games that, um, where we've discussed in the past where they've even just, all of them as a, as a group, they've failed to have any shots on target. Um, He's, he's had a few chances. I remember that, the, the game um, that they played in the fog. He almost scored in that one. Um, I, just, I just think Kilmanica went through a bit of a rough patch, but they seem to be resurgent now. Um, I, I would see how things go against the Hamilton game and then reassess. That would be my advice for Kilty just now. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And next game up, Dungeon hit two, Hamilton one. So Clark with two goals. Smith and McNulty with an assist. Callahan goal, Ogden Poe assist. So, talk us through it. So, obviously, the big attraction is Dundee United. They're playing Hamilton. Shankland, is he going to haul or not? That was the big question um, pre game week. Shank got a nice rest on the bench. He, he had done a lot of travelling through the week, busy international schedule. He's got a lot of air miles in, so he had to spend some time on the bench. He came in on the. Eight the, minutes the, for Scotland? Was it eight minutes he had? That's right. Um, he, he, came on, he came on in the 53rd minute and true to form, shank the blank, zero shots. Um, if you're still holding on to him, now, now's the time to get off. If, if he's not going to score against Hamlin, um, something's wrong there. Clark got the goals again. I think that's now four goals in his last three games. Let's not forget that the, the, the other game that he scored the two goals in, um, one was a deflection off his back. Um, I think the other goal was a bit ropey as well. They've got Rangers, Hibs, Motherwell, Celtic and Aberdeen in their next seven game weeks. So I'm not too hopeful for the Dundee United attack there. Um, if you're still holding, I, would, I think now is the time to get off just now. Um, Hamilton, Ross Callaghan scored and then he undid his great work by taking the penalty, which ultimately ended up in the car park. Um, I, I quite like, I still, in saying that, I still quite like Callahan. Um, he tends to get some returns for, for Hamilton. And uh, as far as we know, he's still on penalty. So he's the penalty taker for them. Um, and recently, regardless of who Hamilton have been playing, apart from obviously the Rangers game where they got horsed 8-0, they've always managed to get a few goals here and there. 
Um, and Callahan recently seems to be the man that's involved. So I kind of like him as an option. He's probably a cheap option that you could maybe stick on the bench and have a non-playing player and you know take your chance with him. Yeah, uh, well, on the Callan thing, I think I got him in weeks ago, just basically on a cheap fifth-choice midfielder. I think he's returned quite well for me. He's, a, he's just his own penalty. I didn't, I didn't know his own penalties when I got him. He scored a couple of penalties, a couple of assists. Uh, I think in that one point, I think he did an assist in a goal in one game and pulled quite well. But I don't seem to go through for Hamilton anyway, so he is not cheap. I think I got him at 2.1. I think he was sticking. He was my fifth-choice fifth midfielder for the rest of the season, I think, less spam injury. Uh, United Shankland I mean is Clark the one we saw one for the start of the season he's so much cheaper they brought in McNulty but it seems to be either McNulty or Shankland but Clark the one that's always playing recently mm-hmm. after before he was going to be dropped so I don't know if that's how you want to downgrade to save some money uh, elsewhere I still don't think I'm interested in any other assets we need to look at Hamilton it's also been Callahan and Ogunpo they also have two to return it's always they two players, but mm-hmm. they don't have any sort of form where who would buy Ogunpoan as a starter? You're not going near you because it's no, keep on conceding. And Callahan then is a fifth or fourth choice midfielder. You wouldn't have him in either sort of case. I just they're nice if they're going to be your fifth option in both positions, I suppose. But apart from that, I wouldn't bother. Yeah, I mean Callahan scored against Hibbs. He got a goal and assist against Aberdeen. That's the one. scored against Dundee United. He was one of the games I was surprised with the score. I mean, realistically, it should have been a couple of goals he should have got in that game. So, not doing too badly. Right, and my question for you this game is, Shanklin's in the Scotland squad, but should it really be Kevin Nisbet? Oh, definitely, yeah. I'd say so. Because both players are playing in the Scottish top flight. Nisbet obviously came up from the championship, as has Shankland. Nisbet's firing all cylinders, goals, assists. Shankland, nowhere to be seen. I think, I think it makes sense. Do you think we'll see a shift from Shankland to Nisbet in the next couple of Scottish fixtures? Because obviously, Clark has said before that it doesn't matter what league you're playing in, if you're playing well, it doesn't matter what age you're, I'll give you a chance. Yeah, as he's proved before, the players can call up like Finlay and Considine and stuff like that. So surely he must see that and go. Kevin is but more more informed than Jackland. If he's going to be a third choice or fourth choice striker from the Scottish Premier League, surely it's going to be Kevin Nisbet on current form. Yeah, I mean if he if, if he maintains his current form just now, then I'd be very surprised if he wasn't called up. Good, and I suppose he's got that advantage playing for a bigger team, which helps him. Yeah, Dibs are a better attacking team than United. Right, next up, St. Johnston won, Motherwell won, so that was a May goal for a penalty. O'Hara goal. So, there you go, Tom. Yeah, so May won, won the penalty himself, scored. He had four shots, three on and one blocked. Um, Motherwell, it was O'Hara that scored the goal. He's now got three goals in his last six games. I really like him as an option. Um He's the top, now the top scoring uh, Motherwell midfielder. You know, previously at the start of the season it was Turnbull, then our attention turned to Alan Campbell. Um, but now it seems to be O'Hara's that, that, that's the man. He's on penalties. Um, the next few fixtures, Hibs, St Mirren, Rangers and Aberdeen. Bit tricky, but from game week 20 onwards he's got a nice little run. So one to keep an eye on. Um, Declan Gallagher had a chance off a header from a set piece as well. He seems to be 
you know, good on uh, set pieces and corners. Um, he's, he's threatening in the opposition box. I quite like the look of him as well. Uh, Motherwell have had a decent um, def- defensive run. Uh, obviously, they conceded against uh, St. Johnston, but I mean, it was McGavey's, um McGavey's, um tackle in May. It was it was pretty poor. Um, and had he not gave away that that penalty due to his lack of awareness, then Motherwell could have very well had another clean sheet there. So um, it was a dead ball situation. So I quite like Motherwell's defence as well. Um, they've still got a lot of fixtures as well to be played, um, having missed quite a few through COVID. So there's that added chance of double game weeks on the horizon as well. So O'Hara and Declan Gallagher are the ones to watch for me. Tony Watt has went a little bit quiet. He only had a, a single block shot in this game. So... He's, he's, he's stuck on the watch list just now, one to monitor, I think. Okay. Neat shooting. What's this? The noise of a. Yep, it's a cans pod or a, <laughs> or a bottles pod if Tom's having his. Uh, yep, the game for me, it was, I thought it was quite a well thought out affair. I agree with you. I think if they didn't get away that pain anymore, we'd, we'd have probably seen it out. They do look quite impressive, I suppose. You expect them, as you said, all these games in hand. I think they might find a bit of form, but again, it's watch and see. This was 7th versus 8th, Tom. So my question is, who is most likely to finish in the top six here? I know you're a big St. Johnson fan for your comment weeks ago, so... That's, that's completely out the window, now. <laughs> it's, it, it's got to be Motherwell. I mean, it, you've got to remember in this game, Alan Campbell and um, Barry Maguire, they're another couple of casualties from the the Scotland under-21s, COVID outbreak. Um, so they're, they're missing a couple of players there. Um, plus, they've had a really bad run with regards to injury as well. Um, so for me, it's got to be Motherwell. I wholeheartedly agree. Right, next up, Livingston Nils at Mirren 1, which turns out to be was Gary Holt's last fixture in charge at Livingston. So the only goal was from Doyle Hayes and a clean sheet at Mirren. So talk us through the game. I thought, I thought this game was pretty flat, to be honest with you. Jake Doyle-Hayes, he's, he's fairly new to the St Mirren squad. Um, he scored, it was a massive deflection of Marvin Bartley, to be fair. So you can't give him too much praise for that. Uh, highly owned Alan Forrest had a couple of shots on target. He has went a bit quiet recently, though. Um, but I think he had, a, had some form in the, the Cup. But again, um, in the League Cup, you're playing against a lot of lower league teams, poor opposition, so you can't take too much from that. Um, for St Mirren, a player that I quite like is uh, Richard Tate. He had a couple of shots on target um, and obviously got the clean sheet points as well. So not too bad for a, a defender. Um, he seems to get himself into some dangerous positions. So one to watch. But again, he's a St Mirren player. They've not been too, doing too well recently. Livingston are a team on poor form. And you know, as a result of that, Gary Holt has uh, handed in his resignation. So you can't really take too much from facing Livingston. Um, all in all, other than Tate, there's not really many St Mirren players I'm, I'm really that interested in. Something to keep an eye on at the minute. Right, okay. Uh, Gary Holt, a very honourable manager, leaving when he knew the stack was against him. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike some. Uh, just, the number, you said you're right, the game was pretty flat. St Mirren got the job done. They probably, they were a bit of bath on myself. So my question is, with Gary Holt gone, do you see him that stands out like a candidate for them? Because they, they kind of play in a formation where 
they've got a process behind the scenes and they kind of stick with what they're doing and it's just like a head of the snake kind of thing. They bring a coach in, but everything behind the scenes staying the same with the analytics and stuff they're doing. So others come in going to have to, it's the exact same kind of job. You're not going to take control of the football inside it. This, this is the way they're working as a club of getting players in and using stuff. You're just a coach, coach the first team squad. Because we're heavily linked with Tommy Wright and he's, that's not his style. He likes to come in and do it on himself. Mm-hmm. The, the, the reporter said there's absolutely no chance Tommy Wright wouldn't work under the circumstances. So does MD stand out to use a candidate? Or do you think they're going to go for like the off the beaten path? Maybe a manager for the championship first league one who's playing well maybe promote him. But they're quite close to the allegation zone, so it's maybe a dangerous move to make. Yeah, you don't want to get too experimental in these conditions. Um, I don't put you in the spot there, but that's the whole point of these three questions at the end. It's to kind of catch you off guard. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully Neil Lennon's free. <laughs> don't, by the way, I'm, I'm not a kid. <laughs> I'd like to have to go there. And, we joked earlier on, I said Gary Holt's available, but I know it's different. I think... They will probably wait and see who's out there as a decent coach. Because Gary Holtz is a decent motivator, I think, that's his whole point. And obviously it gets to the point where that stops working. The players weren't responding to him. This sounds very familiar with what else we're talking about, I suppose. But he had to go, and they'll probably do their due diligence to bring something into the hopefully exact same team. They've got a decent enough squad. I mean, there's players there we've talked about as good like uh, assets for the game. Guffrey has returned quite well for in the game. Forested yourself. I know they lost uh, Landon Dykes and that kind of scuppered their season, but I think if they get that together like a decent coach, they'll, they'll survive, no problem. It's just about getting who they're going to appoint instead. And the actual question from the game before that happened was, is Doyle Hayes could be the new Kilty? Got on him quick and cheap when he's considered an attacking midfielder in a kind of low-range team? Or do you think it's more a watch and see it's far too early after playing what a couple of games? Far too early for me. You, you really want to see a little bit of form there, first of all. A deflected goal isn't enough for me, so... On the watch list for now. Okay. I was trying to remember who, who his name was, but uh, for St. Mirren, uh, sorry, for, for the Livingston manager's job, uh, did you ever watch the, the documentary of Real Kashmir? David Robertson uh-huh, used to uh, play yeah. for Aberdeen and, and, uh, and Rangers. I reckon he wants it. He he'll he'll be wanting to move back to, to Scotland in the UK. I, I think there's worse shouts than that. To be honest, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. Who's a, who's out a job? Which it's hard. Is... It's hard at this point in the season. Like Livingston have obviously said we've accepted his reg- resignation reluctantly because he didn't want tricky, to do it. It's a tricky time of year to to, to to get a hold of someone. It's really probably going to be someone that's desperate for a move, or is is out of work. Yeah, and he may pinch an up and coming manager for one of the lower leagues and hope that he's got the like, credentials to make a step up. But again, that's a risk in, in itself. Right, so that was the first round of games, Tom. They went to double game week, so we're all looking for, I suppose you're the same as me, you're looking for Hibs and Aberdeen assets to fire and be worth the whole point of bringing them in. So the first game was Hibs 2, St. Johnson 2, McGinn 2 goals, Nisbet assist. And McCann got a goal and assist, and Wotherspoon got a goal and may an assist for St. Johnson. So suppose they were without, just as you noticed this, I suppose the kind of one that got away would have been May, would have been the double game week scorer mm-hmm. if you'd have been on him, but I obviously it wasn't any of tip of our tongues we talk about it, so we talk through the game. Yeah, so as you said, Paul McGinn got the, the, the two goals, 
Um, this bit assisted one. He had a couple of shots off target and also missed a big chance as well. Um, Jamie Murphy also missed a big chance too. So we talked about him as being the, the sort of our man of the match in the, in the previous fixture. Um, with the, the St. Johnston team, I thought Witherspoon had a good game and he, he deserved something and he managed to get the goal. He had four shots, one on, two off and one blocked. But as, as you said, May's, May's the man at St. Johnston just now. He's had three goals and two assists in his last uh, five games. Uh, Mohamed started. We've obviously talked about him. As we say, so we ask your opinions on him. Um, so he took the place of Conway with his, his broken uh, nose. I think May's maybe having up his game now. Guy Mohamed seems to be, you know, he's, he's, he's now match fit. He's starting uh, games. Um, there's a bit of competition for his position there. Obviously, Conway's not going to be out for, for too long with a broken nose. So um, with him breathing down his neck, I think maybe um, Stevie May's had to up his game. I think he's definitely a, a strong candidate um, for one of the striker positions in our teams. Good. Just came about again. There's more weights and seeing in a couple of weeks. But starts playing more often than could been there. Certainly, yeah. And the last game of the game week was Hamilton 1, Aberdeen 1. So, Ogunpo with a goal, McMahon with an assist, and Hedges got the goal for Aberdeen. I'm sure Gunnar will love that. Yeah. He's actually here about about it. So, talk us through it. Yeah, so, um, McMahon, got, as you mentioned, got the assist. He's now had three assists in his last four games. But the problem with Hamilton is the they concede so heavily, these assist points are really negated by the minus points that they're, that they're receiving for having um, conceded so many goals. So um, I, I wouldn't be rushing to bring in uh, McMahon as the Hamilton uh, def- defender. Edges for, for Aberdeen, he's, he's, he's always looking good. He's always looking threatening going forward. In this particular game, he had three shots, uh, one on and two blocked, and also made three key passes. He, he really had to step up to the plate, obviously, with the players um, previously mentioned still out with the COVID outbreak self-isolating. Wright was out in this one as well, I think, with a groin strain, and uh, Johnny Hayes out as well. Um, Cosgrove, a bit frustrating for those that brought him in the, for the double game week. Um, he only had a single shot in this game, and he also hit the woodwork as well. Uh, I think a lot of people vice-captained him, considering Aberdeen were going to be playing Hamilton. Um, but hold tight, I think I think he'll come good. We need to judge him when Hamilton, uh, sorry, Aberdeen are at full strength. So I think the fact that they've lost a couple of points, they're in sort of heavy competition with Hibs just now for that third place spot. Um, and the fact that they've dropped points has just added motivation. Second, second. second. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're playing St. Mirren next, so surely, surely going to bag a few goals there. Yep, I agree with you completely. I bought Cosgrove for the long haul. It wasn't just for the one we get double game week. I think if Aberdeen are going to be potential third place, he's now back fit. He's going to be first choice striker when he's fully fit. He's been playing most games. I think there's an opportunity to bring him in. Like him and like Nisbet. I think they could be going forward essential strikers. Like nobody's nailed on Rangers. Nobody's nailed on Celtic. So you can't go for the, the big two striker. I mean, it's either Morelles or Ruth or it's Ayeti or. Edward, so there's nothing nailed there yet, so you got to look elsewhere, and I think, as you said before, Nisbet's essential, I think Cosgrove will be essential come the end of the season. Happy with that? Yeah. Right, we'll move to the predictions then. So Tom, as it stood last week, or this week, sorry, before we get into the games, it was Peter on 13, Tom on 7, and Gunnar on 7. So the games were Hibs Celtic, 
So it was two each. I said two one Celtic, wrong. You said three one Celtic, wrong. And Gunnar said one each, so he gets a point for that. <laughs> Next up was St Johnson Motherwell. I said two one Motherwell, so wrong. You said three one Motherwell, wrong. And Gunnar said two one Motherwell, wrong as well. And then the last game was Rangers Aberdeen. I said one 0 Rangers, so I got a point. You said nil nil, and Gunnar said two nil, so he got a point as well. So it stands now as Peters on fourteen, Tomer on moving on seven. And Gunnar, nine. So there's no fixtures next week. Obviously, there's a League Cup game. So we'll not be talking about captains or transfers to next week. There's really no point. We'll have to wait and see how the week goes. But League Cup will be the talking point next week to see if there's any players stand out asset-wise because I think they're all going to be playing on it, apart maybe one or two teams or not. And we'll take it for there next week. We'll discuss transfers and captains next week as we go along. Victor, ready for some FPL chat? I bet you will be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I've, 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 I've had a wee quick look at the league there, and I had a wee, who the high scorers were, we'll see. Right, so the average this week was 55 points. So I had 60 points, just above the average. Not a bad score, but when I compare it to yourself, Tom, in 87 and Gunnar in 81, then I felt, I felt slightly I should have done better. So we'll go to the league first, and then we'll go to our points. So first in the league... Is Picnic George. I think Picnic George has been there for the very start. Non-mover. I think he's stayed yeah. there the whole time. Well done. Second is Aron Gunnar. Los Pimentoneres. I think I'll get a right one the week. And third is Boys in the Hoops. Jerry Agnew, friend of the pod. So the top three was non-movers. But the biggest score of the week was yourself, Tom. So you want to talk us through your game week and your points and anything you missed out on, on and vice versa? Yeah, certainly. Uh, Guita was my goalkeeper, as per usual. Managed to get me three points. Uh, Robertson, 12 points, Cresswell, 7, and Zuma, 6. In midfield, I had Fornals for 6 points. Sun got me 10. Rodriguez, 2. Captain was Fernandez, 22 points. Watkins was uh, in striker, 2. Calvert-Lewin, 13, and Kane, 4. Okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with the, with the outcome. Yep, you left... Score. You left nothing on the bench as well, so I suppose you've, there was no mistakes made that week for you either. No, I was I was dithering between Calvert Lewin and Fernandez, so I suppose if it went Calvert Lewin, I would have got a little bit more, but um, okay. can't be too harsh. Right, and my point week was Martinez and goal for one, so I had Zuma and Masuaku for six and points respectively. Walker Peters for three, Kilman two. In midfield, I brought in De Bruyne for Salah, didn't return two. Grealish one, Sun ten, Fernandez captain twenty-two, Kane four, Watkins two. So on the bench, Ryan three points. That's a, the only thing I'd have missed out on, I suppose. Foden one, Brewster one, and Lamptey minus one. And I had I actually had Lamptey in my team right up until the end of the game as well. So I'm I'm pretty happy I managed to get off that one. <laughs> Right, so the results, I'll go through them, Tom, just day to day, and you can talk us through what you've seen, what you think. So Saturday game was Newcastle 0, Chelsea 2, Aston Villa 1, Brighton 2, Spurs 2, Man City 0, and Man United 1, West Brom 0. So what's your thoughts on the first round of games there? Right, so first of all, Newcastle, Chelsea. For Chelsea, that's um, another clean sheet. That's four out of five clean sheets that Mendy could have got in the games that he started. So Chelsea, with, with him in goals, are looking very solid. Um, I thought Werner had a great game. Um, he got an assist, but I, I thought he could have had a lot more. Um, 
they've got Spurs next, but then after that they've got Leeds. So I quite fancy Chelsea to get a good few attacking returns against Leeds, who have been pretty leaky and they're the worst defence in the, the Premier League just now. Um, I'm hearing Callum Wilson's fit for, for Newcastle. I think they've missed him. Definitely have. He's like a talisman. He's not playing. I think they think it very, very hard. Um, he's going to be fit for uh, the game against Palace tonight, I'm hearing. So I think he's, I think he's a decent option. Um, looking at the fixtures, um, he's the Newcastle for the next five game weeks are, are top of the, the fixture ticker. So I really like the look of him. Uh, next up, we've got Villa and Brighton. I think Villa have been missing um, uh, Barkley. Um, they've got a great run. West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, Burnley and West Brom is their next five. So hopefully Barkley can get back into fitness because uh, a lot of us own the likes of Watkins, um, Grealish. So we really want him to come back in order to, to sort of maximise the returns there. Um, Spurs versus City. We had um, a son goal and Kane assist in this game. Chelsea next. They're the best defence in the league. And then they've got Arsenal, who have been pretty good defensively as well. They've looked quite solid. Um, we're probably going to talk about this, but as a Kane and Son owner, I'm looking to get rid um, to try and maximise my returns whilst Spurs face these two next difficult fixtures. Um, so you just on that, Tom, you're talking about like, ready Spurs. Would you not have thought this was a difficult fixture as well and they both returned? Would you not be more inclined to think that Son and Kane can still turn on against the matter who they play? Well, up until this game, they've, they've kind of been grinding out results against weaker teams. City haven't been too great recently. They've, they've not had a they've not really had a recognised striker for a good part of the season. Jesus has came back, he's not really been on form. Nah, I, I've I've got I've got red, but I've got plenty of money in the bank. Where I mean, we'll talk about the the transfers later. But I've got plenty of money in the bank where I can revert back if if I if I think I've made a mistake. The good thing about fantasy football is nothing's permanent, and uh, sometimes you've just got to make these de these decisions. You've got to kind of suss it out and think, well, this is what I I believe is going to happen, and and react to that. You stick to your Stick to your guns, I suppose. Yeah, stick to your guns and stick to your plans. Spurs, I mean, we're talking about the, the ticker. Spurs are bottom of the ticker. Um, so, it's, you could think there's going to be a dip in form there. And it's all well and good saying, well, we, let, let, let's wait and see. Let's see how they, how they get on. Let's see how they go. But Maybe once your three fixtures down, it's a bit like locking the stable after the horse is bolted. You need to, you need to make... A decision, be decisive and, and, and stand by that. The good thing with, with the situation is I'm bringing in Kevin De Bruyne for Son so I can downgrade him back to Son if, if, um, mm -hmm. if City just continue this really poor run of form. I can always revert back as a single transfer. You don't have to take a hit. Um, for Kane, I've actually brought in Vardy this week because I'm, I'm, I'm focusing in on that fixture against Fulham and I've got enough money in the bank to, to revert back. The prices aren't the Price, the values of those two aren't too different, so I could easily revert back there in a single transfer too. So I'm not too worried. Um, so as we said, City have been poor, but they made their uh, Loris work. Um, Hugo Loris actually got the, all three bonus points in this game after making five saves. Um, City's next run of form, uh, run of fixture, sorry, is Burnley, Fulham, Man United might be a bit trickier, and then West Brom. 
Kevin De Bruyne was rested against Olympiacos. Um, so I think he's pretty nailed on to be starting this weekend. They're Pet playing bingo. Burnley. <laughs> What's that? I said, unless it's Pet Bingo, you have the excellent <laughs> hand. Oh, I know. Um, they're playing Burnley, and I, I found this quite interesting. The last uh, three times Burnley have played Man City at the Etihad, the score has been 5 0. And they're without Nick Pope. And they're without, that was exactly what I was about to say. Without Nick Pope, we've heard that in the presser. Um, I think he, he hit his head, and he's maybe was worried of a concussion or something. I think, like that. I think it's concussion, yep, symptoms. Although it's a short term, it should affect him for this weekend. So I, I, I'd like to think uh, Man City are going to bag a few goals in this one. Um, and then our final fixture was Man United and West Brom. Um, I was disappointed that Man United couldn't capitalise a bit more on a good fixture. Uh, Bruno Fernandes got the penalty, got the three bonus points. And for those that, that brought him in in place of, of Salah, or like yourself, already owned him, um, I thought he played really well. And I, I thought he probably could have had more. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't be focusing on any other players in the Man United squad other than Bruno Fernandes, because it seems he just seems to be the. Uh, What's my, the only one. Nice. Are you keeping them? Are you getting rid of him this week? No, I'm keeping them for the for the foreseeable or just for. I'm the, keeping them for the foreseeable, yeah. I, I told you weeks ago. I think he's just a, he's just a point collector. He's just no matter about my how no matter how my his form is, he'll just keep on collecting points. Everything goes through him. He's like a KDB and a Salah, maybe not to that extent. But I think at the end of the season, he'll be in the top five, six point getters. So he just, everyone goes through him. He seems to get his points all the time. And he loves bonus points. He must just collect them as a wee hobby. He just loves getting them. Well, I think he's a strong candidate for a captaincy this weekend because all, all of his big hauls have came in away fixtures and they're playing against Southampton who play, play this high line. So. You see, yeah, we're in sync here, Tom, playing a high line, so it's a matter of tea. I mean, he, he could very well haul and I'm, we'll probably talk about captaincies later, but... I've not got the captaincy armband on Bruno Fernandes, but he's the one that worries me this week. In case you miss out on him. In case I miss out, yeah. Right, next fix of Sunday games were Fulham 2, Everton 3, Sheffield United 0, West Ham 1, Leeds Arsenal 0-0, and Liverpool 3, Leicester 0. So Fulham versus Everton, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin got two goals and the three bonus points. He's had 11 goals so far this season and he's returned in every single game bar one. Uh, Everton now face Leeds and Burnley next. The, there's not many players that I think are essential, but Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I, I think, has to be one of them. Um, even though Dean, he's going to be out for a wee while. We've heard that um, he's going to need some surgery on his ankle, I think. Um, he gets a lot of service from him, but I think Richarlison's the main factor in that Everton team, and if he's playing and he's on form, then uh, Calvert-Lewin is um, going to be returning, so I'm not too worried about that. Um, yeah, he's actually my captain this week. Put my money where my mouth is. Um, next up, we've got Sheffield United, West Ham. There's no standouts in the Sheffield United team for me. I think they've been on a poor run of form. Quite disappointing this season, they've been overall. They're I think they're a strong candidate for that third relegation spot. West Ham, on the other hand, they've got another clean sheet. Fornals assist. Um, he's actually the seventh highest scoring midfielder, um, which, which sounds a bit, you know, seventh or wow, but I mean, he's, he's above the likes of Rashford. And he's at West um, Ham. Sterling, Kevin De Bruyne. And West Ham are in fantastic form, so 
our own foreigners, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a strong ad, advocate for him. Cresswell as well. He's the um, that was another clean sheet for him. I think he got two bonus points as well. He is the the most um, creative in terms of defenders in the entire game. So just on Cresswell, I just noticed that the way West Ham play is it Masaku Akud as well. Don't they work for him? And he's and Cresswell just gets the ball forward. This to be the, the formation it suits him now. He had a bad injury a couple of years ago, Cresswell, and he lost a bit of pace, I think. But see, now he seems to be like he's just this formation that Moise set up for him just suits him in a tee. And he just seems to be like, like I know Chilwell is kind of the, the probably the higher asset for the same mm-hmm. price, but Cresswell's just like a cheaper version of him, I think. And if West Ham can win most games, like West Ham can win most games. I think when they play the bigger teams, it suits them. They won a lot of games 1 0, I think, this year against big teams. They're going to get yeah. a lot of good results. I, I can see him easily finishing top 10. Maybe pushing for Europe. Hey, go Definitely, yeah. It's a bit like that Leicester sort of run when the the state farm and just broke teams down and grinded out results. Um, you're right about Matthew Aku. He does all the hard work, gets up the wing, cuts it back to Cresswell, who sends in the crosses. Um, so um, p- plenty of potential for assists there. Um, big surprise for the weekend was Leeds versus Arsenal. Uh, Leeds have obviously got the worst defence in the league. We're expecting goals, but Arsenal, as we know, have been a bit goal shy. Um, in terms of the Arsenal attack, I think they're a complete avoid just now. I mean, we've got a, a big enough headache considering who are sort of big assets that we're going to have because there's just so much choice. And Aubameyang just doesn't even, you know, doesn't even register in terms of that. Um, got defensively, his, got, Arsenal got his contract and down tools. It's, it's just not <laughs> <that's right. laughs> um, Arsenal have, have had two clean sheets in the last three, and they look, they look pretty solid at the back. Um, Bellerin's been uh, touted as a good, good option. If they get the clean sheet, then he's usually in for a bonus point or two there as well. So, decent. Bamford, he is second in the striker role for shots on target with 16. He's only one behind Dominic Carvalhoon, who has 17. Kane, 15. Vardy, 13. And our old mate, Shea Adams, 11. So, Bamford's a decent option. Last season, he got came under a lot of criticism because he has a lot of attempts. He's got a lot of big chances, but doesn't score that many. I think he's had eleven big chances and only scored three of them. So he could be he can be frustrating for owners. That's that's one thing to consider. Um, but I reckon Bamford um, should get a few against Pickford this weekend. I think the Leeds Everton fixture will be will be a high scoring one. Um, up next, Liverpool Leicester. Liverpool. Injury crisis, but they've managed to get a clean sheet and three goals against Leicester, who have had pretty decent form. Um, Robertson got the assist, the clean sheet, and the three bonus points. I was I was kind of dithering whether I was going to keep Robertson. Um, obviously, all the discussion about um, the injuries in Liverpool's back line, but I mean, after that performance... He's got to stay now. He's got to stay now, at least in the short term. Uh, because of obviously Salah's COVID situation, we got many managers got rid of him, and there's a lot, seems to be a lot of ambiguity about the the rules. Because many thought he was going to miss two game weeks, but he actually featured against Atlanta in midweek. Didn't provide any returns, but he featured nonetheless. Um, I sold, and I'm not rushing to get him back. The main reason for this is I want to see how Salah versus Yota. I want to see how that situation progresses. Because Yacht is six point seven, pretty much half price. Yep. Even if he's not, even if he's not getting consistent starts at that price, if a guy's coming on 
playing against weary legs and banging in a, a goal every couple of games, at that price, you can't really argue. I think on that, I mean, Klopp seems to be quite a progressive manager. And if Jota's going to play, he's probably won't drop him. And if he's playing the, maybe even their own Firmino role and he's actually getting returns, it could be an out-of-position player playing up front for, like you said, at top £7 million. Another pro team. And it'd be like a no-brainer. Now, I suppose the only point is, everybody will buy him and we'll buy the same player, but that's just the way the game will go. But I'm going to wait two weeks because Man City's got cracking fixtures. If they're in game week 12, they play Man United. And that's when Liverpool play Fulham. So that's when I'll make my decision on, as you said, Jota, maybe a move. And I've got KDB, so the money's there. And I've also got Son, I could want any other. I'll do that. But I'm going to wait and see. But I'm, I'm like yourself, I'm not in a rush right now to get Salah back. I'm going to see how it all pans out. Yeah. I, yeah, Liverpool have got Brighton and Wolves next. so They're not, they're not hard, but they're no... They're not no hard, but they're no, they're no pushovers easy. I mean, Man Man everyone's, raving about, everyone's raving about Spurs just now, but... They struggled against Brighton, so you're Brighton. I, 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 <laughs> I've actually I've, I've went right off Brighton recently, but I'll talk them up in this situation. Um, the Monday night fixtures: Burnley versus Palace. I, I don't. I, I fail to see any talking points other than Zaha's got COVID. I'm not really interested in either of those teams, to be honest with you. Oh, um, well, see, oh sorry, I'll see Burnley's. They'll do look much stronger with a. Uh, is it Ben Meekin back? I see that last time as well. But then I just lost Nick Pope. So again, the keeper, would you like to go back into that? Mm. So want to watch that think of which time. If Burnley can still continually grind out nil-nils, one-nil defeats, or maybe one-nil wins, then I'm thinking to maybe bring another Burnley defender in because he did look solid last year when everybody was fully fit at the back. I know Gunnar's on Charlie Taylor. Uh, because he's a winger, he's a fullback as well, and I think if they keep on doing what they're going to do in the next couple of weeks, it's a good, cheap defensive asset to bring in if they're looking to save money elsewhere. That's just me. I, I mean, Pope, he's coming in at five point four million, but you've like got the likes of Mendy for Chelsea, four clean sheets in five. He's only five point one. I don't know. I, I think. I think Chelsea. I think it's, it's, it's just what it's just what they watch defensively. Burnley, they've all just been yeah. a defensive team. Other than that, not a lot to say. Again, Wolves, we've talked about this in the past in previous pods. There's, there's not really any sort of standout players. I mean, Jimenez was always the, the go-to. He would tick along nicely, get, usually getting a goal a game. But Wolves just don't look the same team as they've been previous seasons. Um, something's, something's just missing there. Yota. Doherty, you could argue as well. I mean, he was, yep. pretty, he was pretty integral. Um, to, to the way they worked. So, yeah, something's just missing there and everyone was on the Podence bandwagon. I think pretty much yeah, he's off again, jumping eh? off that one, yeah. So, nah, one still wide, wide for me. Saints, the Walcott-Adams partnership continues to develop and Walcott got his, um, his first uh, goal and he's returned in every start that he's had for Southampton. So, But apart from that, not a right home about yeah, I mean, he could be a cheap fifth midfield option if, if that's what you're looking for. I noticed Walker Peters had a price rise, so I'm on him. It, it, cheap, it starts right. If they keep, not this game, obviously not, but if he keeps getting the assists, he'll be getting in the bonus points. I think it'll rise again. Oh, dear. Right, Tom, ready to go to predictions? Yeah. Right, as it stood, it was Peter 8, Tom 5, Gunnar 7. 
I'll just cut to the chase. As it stands, it's Peter 8, Tom 5, Gunnar 8. One point we got in this game. I'll talk you quickly through it. Wasn't very good this week at all. Yeah. So it was Leeds Arsenal first. Hass said 1-0. You said 3-0. Gunnar said 1 each. So that was the only point we got the whole nine fixtures. Gunnar got the one point for the draw. Spurs Man City. Hass said 2 each. You said 1-0 Man City. Gunnar said 2-1 Man City. All the X's across the board. And Aston Villa Brighton. Hass said 2-0 Aston Villa. You said 3 0 Aston Villa and Tom said 2 0 Aston Villa. So, no, sorry. Gunnar said 2 0 Aston Villa. So, that was it. Nothing at all. So, it doesn't change. So, fixtures this week. I'm asking you to predict these three games. Now, obviously, I'll get Gunnar's comments off pod because he's not here. So, Chelsea Spurs, and I've went for 2 1 Spurs. Um, I'm going to say. 1-0 Chelsea. Arsenal Wolves and I've went 0-0. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm the same. And West Ham Villa and I've went 1-0 West Ham. Um, I'll say 2-2. Desmond? That's right. <laughs> Right, so obviously the time this podcast got out, the the deadline's over, so there's, there's no we can't influence or help people because there's, there's no point. It's just our point. So, who's your captain, or who's your captain thinking for the game week going ahead? Now I know you mentioned Bruno earlier on, but it wasn't on, it wasn't on him. So, are you like me? Is it KDB? Have you got KDB? No. Yeah, I've got him. Right. So I got rid of. Um, you already told me. Actually, I got rid of Kane and I got rid of Son this week, and I brought in KDB and I also brought in Vardy for Kane. As I said, focusing in on that Fulham at home fixture. But my captaincy is going to be on Calvert-Lewin because, as we said, Leeds' worst defence in the league. Calvert-Lewin has returned in every single game bar one. Richarlison's back. And Richarlison's back, yeah. So. Okay, fair enough. Decent choice. I'm on KDB's at stands now. I think I'll keep him there. The next two game weeks, I think it's just a leave it there now. Two weeks to see what happens. If Man City don't turn out with it going to be, then like yourself, easily just come off it and go back to Salah and somebody else. But it's an old game, two weeks. And transfers for a game week ahead, I'll start. I get the Lamptey. I like Lamptey a lot. I really like him. I think he's a great player to watch with eyes. A good attacking player. He's, I don't know, a bit Brighton for very long, to be honest. Got about 4.5, sold about 4.7, and I brought in Cancelo for the Man City triple up. For these easy fixtures coming up. So I've now got Cancelo, De Bruyne, and hopefully Foden starts. And after these four games, if Foden's not anywhere near it, then he'll be off that experiment's finished. But I was waiting to these easy fixtures anyway. So what's yourself? What's your transfers? Well, you say thoughts. You've obviously made it if you've done it. What's your, you've just told me. And you've already <laughs> told me your transfers. You've took out Kane for Vardy and that. You've done it already, so that's fine. Uh, so that is us, Tom. Nothing to talk about. Next week we'll come back. It'll basically, basically be mainly an FPL podcast next week. Some FFS talk about obviously League Cup assets, captains, transfers, the game we can head. But that'll be it. So do you want me to your plugs? Unusual for we leave? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm at FFS underscore Scout on Twitter. Uh, obviously do the pod. We do questions and answers. We've got the blog. Give us some likes, comments, retweets. Hit me up. I'm open for questions. 
<laughs> but you were doing better this week, wasn't there any angry beauty about this week? Like any sort of any sort of sexual nature to it? That's fine. Uh, you can also follow us at Fantasy Half on Twitter. Listen to the podcast. Obviously, do. Anywhere you you listen, you can review us on iTunes or wherever you get podcast. That'd be great. It helps us get more exposure. We appreciate all your listens every week. Thanks very much. Gunnar's not here. Also, but his own podcast is with Pal John. Plus his podcast. He's quite lively on Twitter as well. So you'll see him kicking about, answering questions, tweeting the Gunnar, tweeting the the general for. At least tweet the general, don't he? General questions. <laughs> it is. So things like that. But once again, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with another podcast. Bye for me, Bye bye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.